Hello, I'm Sarah Ellis, the co-host of the Squiggly Careers podcast, and this is the first in our new Ask the Expert series. Each week, my co-host Helen or I will be interviewing a different expert from around the world, focusing on one particular skill that will help you to be your best at work and look after your mental health in the months ahead. In our first episode today, we'll be focusing on resilience, a skill that feels very relevant right now. And I'll be talking to Martha Lane Fox, the co-founder of lastminute.com and founder of Dot Everyone, and she'll share her personal and professional experience of building her own resilience. And this series has been really kindly supported by the Boopa UK Foundation. The Boopa UK Foundation is a charity and their purpose is to help people live longer, healthier and happier lives. They fund really practical projects which have a positive impact on people's mental well-being, including workshops for educators, working with MIND to empower better mental health in young people and funding community mental well-being projects. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Martha as much as I did and I'll be back at the end to let you know who our next guest will be and how you can access some free brilliant resources from Booper as well. Martha thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. And Martha does a really interesting multitude of things but there are a couple of experiences that she's had in her career that I think will offer our listeners some really relevant insights into resilience. So let me just talk about a couple of those quickly and then we'll get into some questions. So firstly, often most famously, I guess, Martha is known for being one of the co-founders of lastminute.com, which was actually founded back in 1998. If you think about kind of what was happening then, not only is it difficult to do a startup at any point in time, but it's particularly difficult when at that point we didn't even know if the internet was going to survive. Talking on, you know, mid-April in the middle of coronavirus, thank goodness it did. Martha also has a really brilliant track record, interesting track record of doing lots of things for the first time or perhaps things that she has been a pioneer for, whether that's being the youngest woman to be a crossbench peer at the House of Lords on various different boards for very well-known brands like Twitter and Chanel. And very unfortunately, also had a very serious car accident, which meant a couple of years in hospital. So lots of rehab and recovery. So sort of personal and professional resilience. And there was one quote that really struck me when Martha was interviewed, where she says, the only way is to be optimistic and consider everything possible rather than impossible. And so Martha, I thought that was a really lovely place to start. I'd be really interested in your point of view on whether you feel being resilient is in your DNA or is it something you think you've learned through all your different career experiences? You know, I think it's a combination of the two, not to duck your question. You know, there is inherently a resilience that is given to you by your background. I've been so lucky that I have two loving parents. I came from a background with not so much complexity in it. And I was given this halcyon kind of childhood and lapped it up. So I don't take that for granted. I hope, you know, we weren't struggling for millions of things. Mm -hmm. We didn't have cataclysmically bad luck in any way. And I'm sure that that gives you a sort of bedrock of confidence, which helps you build resilience. But I do think resilience doesn't just happen. You know, it's not easy. You have to work at it. It's like a muscle, I think. The more you try and use it and build on it, the more you get better at it. And it takes effort. You know, it's hard work. It's not, it might be easy to look at someone like me and say, well, you know, it's easy for her. She doesn't feel things or they bounce off her or she's got money or whatever it is. But the truth is they're still hard. They still touch you. You can make things easier through resources or luck that you have in your life. But resilience is built through effort. 
And do you think there are certain things that have particularly helped you when you've needed it the most? So perhaps those moments where you've either been raising money for your startups, doing things for the first time. When you reflect back on those moments now, what sort of things were useful for you to kind of build that resilience, that resilience muscle that you talk about, which I think is a really nice way to think about it? I think it's the internal and the external, if that makes sense. So firstly, if you think about the internal and yourself, I think for me, and it will be different things for different people, but having a hinterland and a world not just focused on the one thing you're trying to do or not just focused on yourself is really important, I think, and the ability to be interested through reading in things or, you know, it could be through any different number of things. For me, it's often reading or theatre or culture of some kind. It will be different things for different people that kind of cultivating your own internal life so that you have some resilience when you're alone, that you find things in the world interesting and curious and appealing. That's one thing. And then there's the external parts. And that's thinking about yourself, not just as you, but in a kind of network, how much you can give back into the world, how much you try and think about helping things move forward. And I don't mean it has to be in some amazing, grandiose way. It can be really very local. It can be just, am I making sure that everyone in my family or in my community or wherever it is, I'm trying to help and do the best that I can. And I think if you have that internal and external dimension, then I personally believe you are more connected out. You've got more ways and capacities and resources that you can draw on in times that are a bit more challenging. People listening to this now, their recent experiences, they might be having setbacks or finding it tough or kind of struggling, perhaps in ways that they haven't experienced before. So you're kind of feeling new feelings and it perhaps feels hard to have the confidence it's going to be different or to maybe even just see your way sort of through it. So if somebody is listening and perhaps feeling like that, Where would you encourage people to start? Because I think, you know, sometimes at that moment, it's about taking very small steps, not worrying too much about kind of the end, maybe. I totally agree with you. You know, I get a bit overwhelmed if I think about, you know, the next six months. For me, it's kind of breaking down into small achievable goals all the time and some things you're constantly trying to achieve. And they can be very small. I mean, they can literally be get my kids out for a walk. I'm not talking about changing the world. I think setting realistic goals so you feel that small sense of achievement. You know, I draw a comparison when I was relearning to walk again, which is one of the hardest and most awful things I've ever had to do. And you're battling pain, confidence. All you can do is focus on a tiny, tiny bit of movement, whether it's trying to lift yourself up from sitting to stand, trying to move your leg to get to the tiny first step, trying to put weight through your leg. I feel like I learned from that, just the benefit of constantly trying to break things down into tiny manageable chunks and taking a moment when you've done it to say, I did that. I put my weight through my left foot, which might feel ridiculous, but I also think it's really important to vocalize if you are really struggling. Mm -hmm. There is a difference between whinging and really struggling, right? I don't like whinging. I may sound like some kind of terrible Victorian nanny, but I think whinging can sometimes be solipsistic and self-indulgent. But I do like vocalizing what you're feeling. And if you're struggling, calling on someone in your network to listen and hear what you're saying can be immensely helpful. There is no way I could have done half the things I've done in my life if I hadn't had that network of amazing female friends or my mum or other people in my family to vocalise the difficulty sometimes, the hardship, and just talk that out a bit. Everybody needs that.
that's a really useful insight for people around perhaps more than ever the need to just recognize and reflect on our successes we will often kind of talk about if you're having a really tough week a really tough month actually at the end of every day if you can write down just one small success you've had that day and as you say it could be managing to get your toddler to spend half an hour on one activity (laughs) you know that's the success and I think then you can just build the incremental kind of positive momentum to just feel like you're moving forward because one of the things that I was reflecting on before our conversation is resilience is often described as bouncing back and actually I wonder whether that's right I actually wonder whether it's resilience is more about moving forward kind of positively after a setback and not feeling like you necessarily are going to return to where you were or kind of what you were previously because I think from all of the moments that I've had the toughest moments certainly in my life and my career I've not gone back to the kind of same person I've actually been able to kind of learn and I think I've come out of those experiences differently a different person and I'm interested to know as kind of some final thoughts around it gets talked about a lot maybe in startup world perhaps a bit more than in corporate language around this idea of you know making mistakes and failing fast and when you know getting very kind of used to building resilience through done is better than perfect and we hear all these kind of startup cliches often and I just wonder whether you have any insights around how do you cope when things don't go to plan with all of the different things that you do now whether you're on a board of you know another organization that's kind of not your own and still building your own organizations and the kind of social purpose work that you do when things particularly unexpected things outside of your control what do you do in that next day in that next week I think people might just kind of be interested to kind of hear about that I think the first thing is trying to be as honest with yourself as possible and really recognize what's going on and that can sometimes be very hard you know taking ownership of the challenges and understanding what's happened and communicating that clearly to teams or to yourself is the first step particularly in times of difficulty and ambiguity right it is incredibly important to be clear with people and and I think everybody is a grown-up right and wants to hear the truth even if the truth is quite unpleasant I think that the governor of New York is doing a great job at that at the minute lots of people talking about him governor Cuomo Mm -hmm. who just says this is going to be really awful and a lot of people are going to die and we're not going to be able to cope with it and then you know as they're coming out of it saying well it's still really tough but this that and the other is improving And no one wants to hear or no one wants to say those things. But I think everyone appreciates being spoken to clearly and transparently. And as leaders are learning things themselves, I think what people really dislike is feeling as though they're being manipulated, as well as having to do with all the personal difficulties of a complex situation. So the first thing is for me, always trying to be honest and clear in communications. And it can take a bit of time to work through in your head what that looks like. That's fine. But then it's important to stay out there, stay on the front foot, take ownership and be prepared for people to be cross with you. Be prepared for people to think you've made the wrong decisions, but just to keep informing them and in a way to keep moving and iterating with what's happening as the situation changes. I think that's essential. And I also think it's really important. I have a sometimes a sort of shifting spectrum in my mind. So you have to think about, okay, what is the worst case scenario here and how am I going to plan around it? And by worst case, I really mean pretty freaking bad. If blah, blah, blah happens and, you know, my business falls off a cliff or my organization really goes to the wild, what does that look like? And start thinking a few steps ahead so that if that does start to happen, you're not taken off guard, you are beginning to plan, but also to have a mid-case and then more optimistic scenario. And I think it's really important to go through those in your mind 
on a regular basis, a daily, sometimes hourly basis, and just think, where am I in that now? And am I making the right calls based on how I think I'm tracking? But what I do think is in moments that are very difficult, you've got to keep, it's like course correcting all the time and taking in new information and responding to it, not getting so bound up in the right end point that you lose track of the journey to get there. Well, let's just say that you've got a business. Well, this is going to be the end of my business. There's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to survive this. So I better just manage everybody else. And Well, actually, you could be seeing something different in your business day by day. And you might actually be seeing that something strange is happening in a piece of growth over there or something a bit surprising that customers want to do over here. Or you might be missing an opportunity to do something online over there. And you're not going to be taking in new information enough to course correct because you've so got yourself into the mindset that that's the end of time. And really, really trying, and I don't do this perfectly myself, but really trying to be self-aware enough to recognize your own ego in all of this. What are you putting into it? Kind of are you predetermining something that might not be real or are you making a judgment based on actually what you want as opposed to what the information is telling you? So I think it's really clear comms, being the leader, taking ownership of it and accepting the good and bad that comes with that. And then secondly, making the decisions and constantly reframing the information you're receiving. And they're both very hard things, which I think most people are successful at a fraction of the time. But that's what I feel I'm watching good leaders try and do. Yeah, and I think that's how you build trust. You know, when you were describing the communications, I sort of was thinking that's how people feel is kind of trusted. And my second, I was kind of conjuring up the image as you were kind of talking about the kind of scenario plannings of is almost walking this kind of tightrope of optimism and pessimism simultaneously, which I think is actually incredibly useful and something that actually we've done um, in our business over the last three or four weeks is I actually found it reassuring to do the worst case scenario, bizarrely, and then uplifting to do the, oh, well, maybe we could call correct and these things might happen but I think it actually enabled us to move forward rather than staying still and just to finish we finish all of our interviews asking our guests this what is your best piece of career advice so this might be career advice that you give to people or it could be advice you've been given and that's really kind of stuck with you over the years but just kind of your words of wisdom in one sentence you know my grandfather used to say this to people always fish upstream and he meant by that think about the different and be unusual and of course it's not career advice but I took that to heart you know he was an entrepreneur um I've been lucky enough to be an entrepreneur many of the things that I've done and you know fishing upstream to me means not feeling like you have to go with the tide and not worrying about it if you don't you know there's a real strength in feeling like your voice is the different provocative challenging one and it can be hard but it can also really make you feel as though you're achieving something. So don't be scared of things just because they may feel like you're the only person doing them or saying them. It doesn't make them not right. Hi, everyone. I hope you found my interview with Martha useful and full of helpful ideas for building your own resilience. Next week's Ask the Expert is with Rich Pearson, who's the co-founder of Headspace, the meditation app. Together, we discuss the difference between meditation and mindfulness and how you can get started, even if you're a complete beginner or if you're like me, someone who's failed before and needs to start again. And to finish today, just a couple of useful resources that you might find helpful. Booper have produced a brilliant online book, which is free, and it's called The Little Book of Energy, and it's full of small practical actions to help you feel good. We'll include a link in our show notes and our blog and make it really easy for you all to find if that sounds like it could be helpful for you. And if you'd like more from us, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at AmazingIf for daily career tips and advice. Or you can always email us at gettintouch at amazingif.com. 
Thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now.